0: Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Sunday. At Bethlehem Church, we are committed to a lifestyle of serving people and inspiring others to do the same. God's heart is with the vulnerable and scripture commands us to look after them. One of my favorite scriptures is from James one twenty seven that says pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Because of this command through scripture, at Bethlehem, we have a heart for children within the foster care system and the families that choose to dedicate their lives to caring for them. And with us today are some very special people who do just that. Today with us on the podcast, we have Pastor Joseph Brown, our community pastor on staff and also a foster parent himself. Welcome, Pastor Joseph.
1: I'm so glad to be here. What an honor.
0: And members and foster families within our Bethlehem Church family, we have Molly Hughes. Hello, Molly. Hi, nice to be here. So glad you're here. And Jessica and Tyler Evans. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So cool. So what a great honor to have you guys with us on the podcast. Um, Pastor Joseph, first of all, tell us, people, listeners that, that are listening to this podcast may not know, some of the statistics and the demographics of the foster care, the state of foster care within the state of Georgia. So inform our listeners kind of um, some of those statistics about, the, about foster care children in the state of Georgia. Yes,
1: yeah, so I've just, uh, just been researching a little bit over the last few days, and um, I know these numbers have actually went down just a little bit, um, but in the state of Georgia, we have about 12,000 children in foster care. Um, the in years past it's actually been way way higher than that, um, but it's a little bit lower right now. But with those twelve thousand in foster care, we actually only have about six to seven thousand actually foster homes and foster parents. So there's a big gap there. Wow. Um, and so that's just a a crazy number to me to see that that we have twelve thousand children in care, but only you know six to seven thousand homes that they can actually go to once and, they enter into care
0: and so are those children do they are are they on a waiting list or
1: they're in homes uh children's homes they're in um hotels that's mm. a big thing in the state right now wow. uh, is, is children in hotels with defects um and they're just waiting um, mm-hmm. They're waiting for a home. They're waiting for a family um, to take them in and to care for them. And I know the uh, the families with us, too, they can probably speak into this a little bit more uh, than I can as well. So
0: Wow. So, Pastor Joseph, how long have you been a foster parent, you and your wife, Teresa? Yes.
1: Yeah, so we actually got approved. We're, we're newbies. Uh, we got approved back in March of 2020. And so right before COVID hit, we got approved <laughs> uh, to become foster parents. <laughs> and great. we've had we've done respite in that time. And we've also had one placement uh, during that time. And so we're, we're fairly new to the foster care system. Um, and we've actually had up to this point, we had a fairly good experience yeah. uh,
2: with it.
0: That's great. That's great. So um, Jessica and Tyler, tell us how long you guys have been uh, fostering.
2: We've, um, <clears throat> I think our home opened four years ago, back in
3: August of 2017.
2: Okay. Mm. She's she got an exact, um, <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, we've, uh, we've had one placement, um, no, sorry, two placements and they're all siblings. Um, mom was pregnant later on. So we got one of the other, the, the newborn when it came in. So,
3: yeah. And kind of to speak a little bit with what Joseph was talking about, um, with the kids that are in care, something that a lot of people don't know is the numbers went down because the state pushed so hard for families to pick up these children. Um, And they've learned that that's actually not very healthy for some of these kids because they're not being background checked or drug screened and things like that. Um, And come January, the state is actually changing those rules. So now the rules are gonna change to where anyone who takes a child in, whether it's a family member, a friend or a foster parent, Um, they are required to go through the same training, the same background checks and things like that. And so they're kind of expecting these numbers that we're seeing low, well, considerably low right now to jump up to possibly 30% higher. Um, so the need for foster parents is just into even, it's going to multiply, um, very soon. Wow. Yeah.
0: So Molly, tell our listeners, uh, how long you have been a foster parent.
4: So my husband and I our home opened in January of 2016 um right before we got matched with our with our first and only placement um, placements so uh, twenty 2016 after our home opened we got a call shortly thereafter for a set of newborn preemie twins wow. um girls and so we said yes to them, which was yes to a huge adventure that we didn't really know what was coming. Um, and then when they were about six months old, we also, they had a baby sister. And so she came along to our house too at when the twins were 10 and a half months old. So we kept them together as a sibling group Um, and then ended up adopting them late October on my birthday, 2019. Awesome. So um, given that that gave us six kids in total, um, we are home closed after adoption. So we are currently not an open house, and my husband reminds me of that frequently.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So do you guys have, do you maybe kind of keep that possibility open or um, I
4: don't really think so at this point in yeah. time. Yeah. We we um want to do what we can to support other foster families and yes. kind of know um know the hard that it is and know what it takes, but um just having kids ranging from four to twenty, um there's a just a lot going on in our home and we feel like right now God's just kind of given us the whew, We can, we can rest with where we are right now. Yeah. And it's even scary saying that because I know he's listening. (laughs) You
0: never know when he's got up his sleeve.
3: That's right.
0: Really
4: cool. So, okay. Pastor Joseph, tell our listeners
0: how Bethlehem supports and partners with the foster families in our church and in our community as well.
1: Yes. So I absolutely love this about Bethlehem Church. Um, We have several foster families uh, in our church and across all of our campuses. And so one, that's a huge blessing to me that this church not only supports foster care, but also has foster parents. Um, So that's that's huge in the church. But then also we have partners, uh, partnering agencies and support Um, of foster families. Uh, Some of those agencies are like Families for Families, Uniting Hope for Children, Chosen for Life, Hope Connects, the Ministry Village. Uh, We actually partner also with DFACS um, just just supporting them. If needs arise, um, we just want to come alongside them and support them and encourage them. And so uh, those are just few uh, of the organizations that we partner with. Uh, but like I said, I'm just so thankful for Bethlehem and their support uh, to foster parents and to these agencies.
0: Yeah, that's I, what's really cool. And, and being a member um, of, Be- of Bethlehem Church, and then being on staff. Um, I, you know, I was here when Bethlehem, when I saw the the staff and that heart kind of for foster families being born. Um, so that yes. that was about five years ago. Yes.
1: Um, yeah. And
0: and I remember working with Candy, uh, Candy Green, and and seeing that develop and seeing that birth within our church. So that yeah. was really cool to kind of witness that from inception um, because our church is um, from the staff to the volunteers, to the members, to everyone here. It's like, they're constantly seeking, okay, who can we serve?
1: That's right.
0: So that's really cool to, to, to witness. So Jessica and Tyler, tell us a little bit of your story about what led you to become foster parents. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, um, so I read that James 127 verse, <laughs> and obviously I was going to disobey God. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so no, I, uh, to be honest with you, I think about um, 20 years ago, I was, felt led to being a a, uh, to lead youth in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, we, me and Jessica, we, uh, or Jessica and I, I guess, uh, we, we worked in the youth group probably for 10 years, mm-hmm. and it was probably the best thing that, in ministry that I've ever done. And um, and as you get older, kids start getting a little bit more cockier, you know, but uh, uh, no. <laughs> no. But no. Our, <laughs> life,
3: our life changed, like we went from newlyweds to being young parents, yeah. and you know, your eyes open up to a new world when you become a parent. It's different looking in the youth ministry as a parent, as it is looking into youth ministry as a young kid yourself. right? You.
2: And um, and I feel like something was still, you know, in my heart saying that I still need to do something with youth. Still need to do something with youth. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't want to do youth ministry anymore. Um, so I, there was a there was a, 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 a something in my heart that kept on growing to do fo- uh, fostering. Yeah. And one of my great friends from a long time ago, Wayne Noggle, um, he uh, he had a he has a uh, an agency that he works with, uh, Families for Families, and he 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 took us in and I mean, he helped us out a lot, told on what we need to do and all the, all the bad things and all the good things about foster care. And, and then the next thing we know, we have, um, we we asked for two kids and we got three.
3: And then four. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Awesome. Yeah. And and so, usually it's, um, we've, we've kind of learned in the, this world cause you get to meet a really vast amount of people when you become a foster parent, but typically it's the woman that pushes her husband toward being a foster parent. Um, in our case, it was the flip opposite. He was the one that wanted to be a foster parent. Cool. I thought we were done with children, and God gave us four more. So,
0: yeah. Wow. And so your your story is similar to Molly's, where you started out as foster parents and, and ended up adopting. Yes. yes,
2: we've adopted three of them. Um, three the three, three of the siblings, and yep. the, uh, the youngest, the youngest, one's youngest getting one getting ready to be adopted. About as to be well. adopted. Probably, I'm hoping in the next within the next month.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Joseph, tell our listeners a a little bit about how you and Teresa decided a little bit of your journey.
1: Yeah, so uh, we have a five-year-old in our house, um, Josiah, and um, after he was born, you know, we, for us in our story, uh, we've always struggled to get pregnant uh, and to have kids uh, naturally and everything. But we just knew, like we wanted to do more. Mm. You know, we had Josiah; he was getting older, um, and we were like, you know, this is something that we we also wanted to be obedient to Scripture and to the Word of God. And so we just felt that tugging on our heart, and so we started researching, studying. You know, what would this look like? What's the requirements? What do we have to do to become a foster parent? Um, and so we started that probably two years before we actually became. Uh, foster parents. Um, but then we got approved in 2020. And uh, like I said, COVID hit and everything kind of stopped wow. and shut down. Um, and so we were just in the waiting game, um, but then eventually we got a placement. Our first placement was uh, a little two-year-old um, and he we just fell in love mm. with him. And uh, we also not only fell in love um, with with our foster child, but also just with the idea of foster care and foster parents. And so we wanted to support other foster parents. We wanted to support uh, other children in, in those foster homes. Well, and so we just, Teresa and I both just became an advocate for foster care, for adoption and for just honestly, the whole, the whole package. Like we, we want to support both, not only these children, um, these foster parents and the biological families, too, like we we just want to support them, um, serve them the best we can, too. And so for us, we build a relationship with um, our foster child's family. Yeah. And long story short, um, he's actually been reunited with his family wow. now, and they live about five miles from our house. And we get to still see Him and hang out with them. And um, it's it's a really great situation And what God has done through that whole process.
0: That's incredible.
4: That's really cool.
0: Molly, tell us about you and Dan, um, how you guys, a little bit of your journey of how you guys led to be, were led to be foster parents.
4: Yeah, so um, we had three of our biological children, and um, after our third child was born, um, not too long after, I think he was about three or four. I started feeling a tug at my heart about adoption and feeling like God wasn't done with our family. Um, and so I mentioned that to my husband, being the you know the woman that drove the thing. <laughs> yeah. And he uh, he said no because I'm a I'm a therapist. So He's like no 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 God's calling you to um, to minister to families that are fostering adopting. Like, this is not about our family. This is about your work. And I was like, okay, honey, I really think that it's about our family. And he said, well, then just pray about it. (laughs) And so I um I left it alone. And honestly, it four years went by and I kept getting confirmations and he didn't and that was fine. I'm not gonna I didn't want to jump forward if he wasn't on board. And Um, late in 2015, all of a sudden, his heart started to change. And he said to me one day, it was almost four years to the day of adoption. It was the day after, it was October 29th, 2015. He said to me, I think we need to move forward. And two months later, our home study was done. Wow. <laughs> um, so God was in all of that timing because um, I we believed we were being led toward adoption. Um, through my work um, at the ministry village where I was at that point in time, I learned about a little girl um, who needed an adoptive placement. She actually had a very unique name that was unique to our family that was a family name. And um, God used her name to Mm. get my attention. And I was like, okay, so she needs to be adopted. So how do we do this? Learned that she was in the foster system and said, okay, let's, you know, do that. So um, we weren't the brave, strong people that go into foster care like you guys of like making the decision to do it. We were just chasing after this specific little girl, Mm. having no clue what we were doing. Wow. Um, And funny enough, she was a part of a sibling group. And um, we kept saying we can only do one. Um, she was in a sibling group of three. And so God connected her with a family that was able to adopt the whole sibling group. And I know he was chuckling because we ended up with a sibling group of three. But in <laughs> our heart, we're like, no, we're we're here for one <laughs> because we were there for adoption. And we've learned so much about all of that since then, but that's how we got into it. Um, and so after she was matched with, uh, with a a family that could take her whole sibling group. We were then left with an open home. Mm. And so Dan was like, well, we have an open home. We did all of that. We Surely we didn't do all that for nothing. So let's just open open the door. And so we did. And then it was about two weeks later when we got that phone call for the twins. So to me, like, God knew what it would take to get me on that track and and did it and I am so grateful for that little girl and for her name and for that whole story because I I don't know that we would have gone into foster care any other way so strange when I look back at how it all came together um so that's how that's how we ended up there almost By a a strange little accident. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and full disclosure.
0: So, my husband and I, a few years ago, went, started to go through the process and talk about the, you know, the husband being on board. My husband is like, his yes is on the table for anything all the time. Like, he's like, yes, let's go. We can conquer this mountain. And I'm the one that's like, wait a minute. Let's slow down. Let's think about this. Let's be cautious. Um, And so, we did start that process. But it was at the time, it was just kind of like, oh, I don't know. Let's just, let's press pause. He was traveling a lot with work. And so it's always been something that's been on our hearts. And so it is for us, we feel like it's just a matter of time. We're open to the Lord and what He wants to do. And so that's really cool. I there's a lot of similarities in those stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's really encouraging for those of us that are maybe listening and 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 a little scared or a little mm-hmm. in, you know intimidated. But your story is so <coughs> personal. God led you every step of the way. Yeah. So that's that's really
3: encouraging. Yeah, and you don't have to be afraid. Like I feel like so many people think well, if I get into this, then I have to adopt. Mm. Um, and some people aren't adoptive homes. And there's a lot of foster homes out there who are not adoptive homes, and that's okay. Right? Um, God uses your willingness to serve to reach those children in the time that he places them with you. Mm. And you get an opportunity. Um, if the biological families are uh, willing, you get a chance to reach people who have probably never the gospel and to be able to be that person or to be the the arm to lean on or the encouragement they've never had um you know sometimes that's the role of the foster parent it's not the role of adoption it's the role of i'm going to take care of your children for a little while yeah and we're going to be here for you while you get better and we're going to be here for you every step of the way
0: that's such a great perspective and two what we learned with with fostering is that um uh, there's respite care mm-hmm. which yes. is so so mm-hmm. incredibly important that if you're not ready to make that jump into becoming a full-fledged foster family you can become a respite family and provide relief and and rest for the families that are foster families is that is that correct oh yeah
2: yes, yes. and yeah. I think what's really cool about you know you got a lot of the, a lot of families that are on the fence and when they started getting into foster care they're like I don't know what we're doing but we're gonna do it yeah and it's it's crazy to see how their mindset changes after they've First placement, mm-hmm. you know. I, I, I personally, all the friends that we have that are foster parents, none of them are like, I'm done with it. You know, <laughs> yeah. even the ones that are like, we're gonna, we're gonna try it for a little bit and see how it goes. They're on their like fourth placement, and mm-hmm. even going through the heartache of, of um, kids going back home because mm-hmm. I mean, you start loving these kids like it's your own kids, right? And they start going back home. It is the most it's really depressing in your yeah. home for a while Yeah. and, but you know what, it's, there's something about it that makes you want to do it again, because, yeah. um, someone once told me that <clears throat> our, our, our bad days at our home are better than their best, day. best days where they were at. Wow. That's right. yeah. And just the stuff that they go through on a daily basis for, before you, before you bring them in your own home is just, it blows your mind. That's you know? incredible.
0: And being faithful, and I think there's some there's gifts there for being obedient and faithful to God's work, like we saw in Scripture. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and and the, the the blessings that come as a result. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's really cool. Okay, so uh, Tyler, you um, you guys have kind of touched on this a little bit. Um, what has been the most rewarding thing about being a foster parent?
2: I'd be. I mean, the kids. I mean, yeah. I tell you, the the very first time we brought our um foster kids um to our home or to our to our church, um, uh, our our oldest foster child Lizzie, she came to She wasn't she wasn't sure about the children's services yet, so yeah. she wanted to come into our big service, the big church, and I tell you, when we started when we started singing, that's the first time I like I didn't, was not expecting her to raise her hand, and and praise wow. the lord um so that was just uh, the crazy that was at that moment right there i knew that i was doing something that was right yeah yeah and um but yeah i think uh i think doing that and you know, actually my my best friends are foster parents that i would have never have met outside of foster care
3: yeah yeah and i think going back with lizzie she came to us she was six um, the other ones were much younger so their life has always pretty much in their memory is us um But I remember the first night she was with us, she was having a really horrible nightmare. And I just went in there and I hugged her and I said, honey, you're gonna be okay. I said, the cool thing is, is even if I'm not in the room with you, you're never alone, God is with you. And I remember she looked me in the eye as serious as she could and she said, oh, you don't have to lie, I know God's not real. And I left the room heartbroken Mm -hmm. because most children naturally want to believe there's a God that's just kind of a natural outpouring of a child because they have faith that we don't as adults. And to hear a child say that it just broke my heart. And I said, I'm not giving up. You know, I'm going to tell her every day I'm not going to give up. And um, I think she raised her hands out of worship because she watched us worship and she saw the church worship around her. Um, The ministry here that loved on her and prayed with her and prayed for her. Um, and just poured Jesus into her every time she was here, um, you know. And now uh, we had her. I think it was two summers ago. Now, maybe three summers ago. COVID kind of messed everything up, but <laughs> yeah, she gave her life to Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's like you know, we got to be such a small part of what God was doing in her life. And had we said no, I don't know where she would be, yeah. you know. And now she has such a heart for other people. Her heart for her mom is unbelievable. She'll come in my room, mom, what if she dies and she doesn't know Jesus? I can't let her die and not know Jesus. She said, I want her to be in heaven with me. And so like to see that, that to me has been the most rewarding thing because we got to watch a child who literally didn't believe there was anything such as a God now is a follower of Christ and has a burden for other people. And I think
2: it's crazy is like she was saying, like I don't believe in God, but now she's like, dad, that's not very Biblical. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: wow. Yeah. So she's, she's that's helping awesome. you guys.
2: Oh, yeah,
3: yeah. And then watch now, awesome. she'll say, I, when I grow up, I'm going to be a foster mom like you guys wow. and my son, our biological son, because some people worry, like, how will this affect my biological children? Are they right. going to fear they're going to be taken away? Or, you know, are they going to be in pain if they leave? We had one placement that wasn't officially a foster placement. Um, we had him two weeks and he had colic, it was fun. Um, <laughs> but when he left, my son lost it. I mean, he cried. Mm-hmm. Um, but he talks about him all the time and yeah. it made an impact on him. And he even he says, I'm gonna be a foster parent, I'm gonna have a hundred babies. Yeah. And I said, well, grandma and grandpa's gonna have to have a school bus. So,
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Grandpa yeah. probably won't visit as much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, So it's just me
3: how even the kids, it changes the kids, your kids, the foster yeah. kids. It's
1: that's cool. For me, that's been the most rewarding is seeing Josiah and his response. To when other children come into our home, um, just his his love for them and his wanting. I mean, he's he's about to be five in just a few days, and he loved our foster child like it was a little brother. Right. And and so that for me was the most rewarding. Um, And then I think the second is being able through this whole process to learn about the foster care system and some of the needs that other foster parents have. Um, you know, being a, a pastor and a community pastor, like my eyes have been open to a lot of things mm. I didn't know before that now I do. And I just want to pour into other foster families and let them know, hey, you're not alone on this journey. Um, you know, there's a church that loves you, that cares for you, uh, and also other people that want to come alongside you as well. That's, for me, has been the most rewarding.
0: That's awesome. And I've only heard from all foster parents, like it's unanimous, the positive effects that it has on their biological children, mm-hmm. like it helps them grow in their faith and mature and and love and 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 it's it's really cool to hear you guys say that. Yeah. So Molly, how about you guys?
4: Yeah, that was um, to me. It's the ripple effect has mm-hmm. been the most rewarding thing, and and I will say, you know, I think the positive effects on our kids have outweighed any of the hard. Um, they've seen brokenness in a way. Um, and have a compassion that has grown in them um, for other people in a way that nothing, there's nothing else, no mission trip, no, nothing could have taught them how to have compassion for brokenness like foster care has. Um, And it's hard. And so I think that's one of the ways that, um, you know, just coming around a foster family is to look at, the biological children and just see, you know, how can we support you guys in the hard? Um, So I do have to say it's hard. I mean, and I think over the course of the years now, we're kind of coming out of a fog because having semi-triplets is is a lot. And so <laughs> as we're kind of unpacking what our family has walked through for the fa- past almost six years, um that's one of the things I'm unpacking is, oh, wow, we lost a little bit there. Mm. And the gain has been way better, yeah. um, but the ripple effect of of um, how it's impacted our biological children, how it's impacted our church family, um, we're new to Bethlehem and the church that we were at um, in Loganville, the orchard, um, they, I mean, those kids were their kids mm. and are their kids still. Yeah. Um, so they knew that they had that extended family that, because all of our um the rest of our family is in out of state. So, mm. um, so that that's their home. And, and those are the people that love them well. And um, so watching other people in our community love our our girls like they were their own, um, that ripple effect, I think, will continue on way beyond our years and way beyond their years of maybe some of those teenagers that were at our church at that time, maybe they'll be foster parents one day because of the impact that our girls made. My husband would often say, um, these little girls are ambassadors for foster care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that is what I think of, is they are just ambassadors for, you know, all the families, are all going to look different. And ours definitely is um, just a hodgepodge. <laughs> um, but they're ambassadors for, you know, you can love someone that is not um, from you, um, just like you love your your biological children. I want to say your own children yeah. um, because they're our own children. But, um, man, f- our, our family looks different. Our community looks different. And I think that'll continue for years to come yeah. in ways sure. we'll never know.
0: That's yeah. so good. Yeah. So Molly, you mentioned the hard and I mm-hmm. love that you, you know, you, you're, you guys are willing to talk about the the blessings and the good, but also the hard because it gives us a realistic, you know, view of what, you know, fostering is like. So talk mm-hmm. about what has been the most challenging aspect of being a foster parent.
4: Okay. So I am a... Recovering control freak <laughs> and nothing. Well, and as Pastor Jason
0: said a few weeks ago uh, yep. in one of his sermons that we all have a level of control freakiness. So
4: that was, yes. I found that comforting. So. I did too. I did too. I was like, yes, finally. Um, so so nothing has challenged me more than foster care when it comes to control, because um, when you're raising kids that are a part of a bigger system than outside of your family, um, you don't have control. Mm. Um, and so there there were so many things that happened in the three and a half years that we had um, um the outside system as a part of ours, which a lot of times people call it a broken system. I call it an overwhelmed system. Yeah, that's right. um, I don't that's know good. that it's broken. I think that it's just so overwhelmed. Yeah. Um. So that was the hardest part of, um, just wanting to make decisions as a parent. I'm sure you guys experience this too. Um, wanting to make exp- um decisions as a parent that we weren't able to sometimes, um, because they're not our kids. We're we're part of a bigger system at that point. And that was the hardest part of um, sometimes I wanted to like scream from the rooftops like this isn't right. This isn't the right call. And it wasn't my call to make. And so mm-hmm. the challenge in that was that I just had to trust like God saw the end game. God saw the, the end result. He He was already there at Adoption day, or yeah. where, wherever everybody ended up in the end, um, because I didn't know. I kind of had a feeling that we would end up with them forever, but I didn't know. Right. And at any point, something could have changed. And that scared me to death. So mm-hmm. that heart of like not having control. Um, but I did learn to trust God with that. And and I had to lay it down every single day. Mm. And sometimes, especially on court days, every minute, just keep laying it down, laying wow. it down. They're your kids, just like my biological kids are your kids. And yeah. I don't have control over any of it. You do. Wow. And I trust you. That was the hardest thing for me.
1: Mm. Yeah, Really good. I think for for Teresa and I, um, and I'm going to get emotional talking about it, <laughs> um, when Sammy had to go back home, which was bittersweet, mm. so we knew it was the right thing. We knew it needed to happen. We had met the family. We built a relationship with the family. And so we, we knew it had to happen. But Sammy was like our son.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Mm. And so that was the, the hardest thing is saying goodbye.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But we knew it was right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's good. So, what about for you guys, Jessica, Tyler?
2: I mean, I mean, I wouldn't say a, I feel like our court system and our, in the bureaucracy of how realistically the government treat, treats the kids, they don't necessarily, in my mind, think of the kid as a as um
3: a child with feelings yeah. and mm. emotions and, and
2: like a lot of, I mean we we have friends I mean this didn't happen to our case our mom actually gave up her rights to the, to the child mm-hmm. to the kids and but some of our friends I mean um parents are going to court completely drugged out and yeah. and the judge is like hey I applaud her for coming to court and that's just and then she's going to work her plan. Maybe she'll get her kids back next month. And it's just, just, little things like that. just like, I don't understand it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the not, I think it's like what you said. It's the not having control. I mean, we don't really have control in life anyways. Mm-hmm. We, we kind of think we do. Um think we do, right. Um, and you kind of can see that with your biological kids as they start to branch out yes. and push the system a little bit. But when you're given children and you're told to love them and treat them like you're, they're yours, Um, and then when you try to speak for them sometimes, and then they go, wait a minute, they're not your kids. And you're Mm. like, oh, but you want me to treat them that way, you know, so that it can get very difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, we tell a lot of people that the system is hard. Um, the life is hard, but the children are 100% hands down. I'll do it again. Worth it. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, you just have to step through it. And, you know, we, we're not promised a simple, easy life. Um, even if we don't choose to be foster parents, we go through hard times. Um, And sometimes, just like in our life, fostering, there's seasons of really, really hard times, but God never leaves you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it feels like you're kind of like floundering in the water. But when you look back, when you've made it to the other side, you say, wow, I see how... He got me from here to there and he never left my side. Mm-hmm. And he always made it work exactly the way it was supposed to. Wow. So, yeah,
2: and I'll 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 just like um, Molly said, if you don't have faith in God, it's going to be a lot more difficult. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, if you if you can just have a little faith in God, it's going to make your challenges a lot easier. A lot easier.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and what you guys are saying, like you're giving me and our listeners through your stories, the passion that you have, the emotion that you guys are showing, it's like you're giving us insight into the father heart of God. Like that's what you guys gained through becoming foster parents. Mm -hmm. I believe that that foster parents, foster families, like you guys, get an insight into the father heart of God like nobody else. Um, And 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 also walking through that adoption road. Uh, So that is such a blessing. I think that's maybe like the, kind of the, 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 the hidden, you know, secret that, that, that you guys have that we don't, you know, that we haven't really been uh, given because we haven't walked that road. So that's really cool. Um, What has been kind of in light of that, what has been the most surprising thing that you've learned through fostering? Joseph, we'll start with you.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like I was saying earlier, um, just what a foster parent goes through. Yeah. Um, you know, just just the highs and lows, the emotions um, with defects and with the court systems and with the bio families. Um, all of, I mean, it's it was just baffling to me. Um, some of the things like a foster parent goes through that I that surprised me like i wasn't expecting that i thought the system was cleaner yeah and more cut and dry yeah um and it's not it's not i mean there it's it's messy and um you know it's sometimes it doesn't make sense um but at the same time uh, i love molly the way you said it um it's not a broken system it's an overwhelmed system yeah um and i mean from the numbers we just said earlier Mm -hmm. like it is. It's just an overwhelmed system that they're trying so hard to do the best they can. It's just hard for them, just like it's hard for us. Right. Um, it's just harder in a different way. Um, and so I think for me, that was just seeing that.
0: Yeah. Molly, how about you? What's been the most surprising thing?
4: Yeah, the most surprising thing for me, I think, and my husband too, was The outpouring of compassion that he gave us for our girl's first family, Mm. Um, because you know when you're outside of the system, if when you kind of have blinders on, it's really easy to judge. It's really to easy to think, you know, well, I would never, that would never happen to me. And what I kept having to remind myself over and over again is, but by but for the grace of God, there I go. Like yes. Um, And so the one thing, every time I think about that, um, I think about the first time um, we visited um, with the sibling group and the mom and some of the other um, uh, family members. And I remember being scared to death, um, but I wrote something, if it's okay to read. um, This was from July 20th, 2016. um, And this was the first time we were actually in a room besides a courtroom with um with her their first mom um and it's I I wrote and I'll try not to lose it but um it's this is raw to me still um, the foster care has once again pushed me to lean hard into God's perfect love that casts out all fear today I watched as a group of siblings including our twins visited with one another and with their biological mama. My heart ached and rejoiced all at the same time. My fears welled up and were displaced with God's perfect peace. It's impossible to offer our babies less than our whole hearts. We aren't able to hold anything back. So when the reminder comes that this story is still being written, fear hits hard. When I imagined and then I witnessed the other mother in their life hold and love and caress their sweet faces, There was some real emotion to work through, emotion I still have yet to be able to name, and honestly, still don't know how to name that emotion. When I thought I didn't have enough grace within me, God's grace was sufficient and real within me as I interacted with mom, like not a fake gracious interaction, but a supernatural and complete grace, a seeing her through God's lens of love and compassion, I praise God for his complete provision. I praise God for being faithful to provide absolutely everything we need in order to live the story he's writing. And that was my biggest surprise watching my husband like embrace her at the court the first time we met her um and just say gosh no wonder your girls are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, and thinking Well, I don't, I I guess we're hugging too. Like I didn't know (laughs) what to do because it's so awkward. And she's part of our family now in a very, in a way that I would have never imagined. Um, Not in major interactions, but just uh, I love her. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't know that I would be able to love her. And that that's not from me. Mm -hmm. And I'm so, I'm so grateful that God's love, that compassion just flows through us for her and for the family. Mm.
0: Jessica, how about you?
3: Oh, there's a lot. Yeah. Um, wow. I think for me, is like sometimes in your past, like I have a difficult past um, with my family. Um, my parents were divorced. My, my dad decided um, that he was going to walk the road of drugs and alcohol abuse um, and things like that. And so like sometimes you want to shove your past in the past and just kind of leave it there and mm-hmm. pretend it didn't exist um but a lot of times you walk this road of foster care it kind of comes right back to hit you sure um Mm -hmm. and i think what surprised me the most is being able to take the past that god allowed to be my past and use it to help someone else i can talk to his their parent and be like you know i know this is the road that you're on but it doesn't have to be the end wow it's a road you can turn around you know, they're like to talk to Lizzie. Um, like I said, the younger ones don't really remember a lot about mom too much, but she does. Um, and, you know, just her talking and being like, I don't understand. and like, honey, I know. I remember that feeling when I was little, when I just didn't understand why my dad didn't want that relationship. That And I said, and I know you desperately want that. So like, you know, you hear a lot, like in church and stuff that God redeems your past and he can redeem anything and he can use anything, um, to glorify him. And, you know, and, and I think sometimes you're like, yeah, that's great. But when you get to experience it in a big way and not just in the small things, and you really open your eyes to see that God's actually really using it. Um, it's like, wow, like, thank you. Like, and I tell yeah. Lizzie that a lot. I'm like, you know, I have something in common and we, we can talk and it's only because God allowed that in my life. I said, and now you've walked this road too. Mm-hmm. And I said, and the very cool thing is, is one day God's going to turn your story around and mm-hmm. you get to use your story and mm-hmm. you're going to help somebody else. And I, that, to me, that was so surprising yeah. that what I wanted to shut a door on and mm-hmm. forget, God turned it around and let it be something that was of comfort to
0: her that jessica that is so good it's i mean there's a scripture that says that uh god works all things together for our good and and then in genesis joseph says to his brothers that you know what the devil or what you meant for evil god meant for good and so i what i mean that's i think a lot of times we might be tempted to say oh i could never walk down that road of foster parenting foster care because of my past because i was ill-equipped because I didn't get what I needed as, you know, from my parents or whatever, we might be able to look at that and and point fingers and say that that's a reason why we couldn't. But you are saying that God's used that very thing that could have been, you know, something that worked against you, but he's actually worked through that. Right, right. He used
3: that to almost like it qualified me as a foster parent Mm -hmm. instead of Mm -hmm. disqualified me. Man,
0: that's that's really good. So, uh, so our next question, which, Tyler, I'd love for you to speak into this. Uh, how has your work with foster care had an impact on your faith?
2: I really, to be honest with you, I don't think you can have faith without and uh, being a foster, foster parent. Right. It's You have to have faith to know that even if these kids are going to go home, that they're going to be taken care of. And I mean, sometimes... It's not always the case, but you just got to have that faith that the Lord is going to do something out of this. Yeah. Um, and I, I think if anything, five years ago, my faith—I felt like my faith was strong. Mm-hmm. I felt like I knew how to. Um, I feel like I knew how to raise kids, and when you get more kids, <laughs> it changes everything. Um, but uh, you know, um, I—I'll be honest. I think my—I think my faith is. Probably five times stronger than it was five years ago, mm. and because you when you start bringing kids in that are completely lost, they don't care about God, they don't even believe in God, yeah, and it just makes you want to dig into the Bible, pray a lot more. I don't think I've ever prayed more <laughs> yeah. in my mm-hmm. um, thirty years than yeah. I did in these last four years, right? right. You yeah. know, and um, yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. just
3: yeah, and it kind of like speaks in like you were talking about earlier, court days. Mm. I think uh, most foster parents will agree court days are probably the most stressful day of yeah. all of it. Like mm-hmm. you can handle the sleepless nights. You can handle the bottle feeds and you can handle yeah. all that. But you start to say court, and it's like <gasps> fear. Yeah. The fear rises up because, you know, you can go to court and they can say, hey, you know what? We're going to send them home or, hey, grandma showed up. They're going to go home and you have one hour, pack them up and take them, you know, and it's that fear of the unknown is so tough. Yeah. It's so tough. But like. I think I like, I told my mom, I was like, I always thought I knew what trusting God looked like because I never, other than when I was really little, I didn't walk through super hard life. Mm -hmm. Um, When you do this, (laughs) you really learn what leaning on God and trusting God looks like because you don't have any control. You walk in with these children that you love and you have to trust that God has a purpose. Mm -hmm. He has a plan no matter what it is. and so just, like, I would remember, like, going to court. Tyler didn't get to go because of work, but I would just ride in the car. And at the beginning, I would just cry. I would cry all the way there, and I would pull it all together, you know, ha- like, I, you know, I'm good. And then when I'd get back in the car, I'd cry all the way home because I'm like, mm-hmm. they're not doing anything. They're not listening. They're not hearing. Um, and then I, like— I think it was one of Jason's sermons, I can't even remember anymore, but there was something that God was just like, you don't have control. Wow. If you'll just let me do it, you can get through these days easier. Yeah. And what what is worrying, I know there's a verse and I can't remember exactly, but yeah. what is worrying adding to yeah. anything? You can't extend your days, Nine you can't extend your height, yeah. right? Yeah. It doesn't help. And so I started on court days going, okay, I'm not going to cry. Like I had to Mm -hmm. pick one thing that I could take away. I'm not going to cry. I might have worried the whole way there, (laughs) but I didn't cry. And then the next, you know, because you go like every six weeks or six months. So then the next six months, okay, I'm not going to think about the what ifs today. Um, And so you just have to one step at a time. It's not something you can just throw off. Um, Usually some people can, but you know but now i look back and i can face a court date and not be gripped in fear Mm. of the what if i can go you know what we're going to go i'm going to be there for mom i'm going to love my children and whatever god's purpose is it's just it's going to be and god's going to make it happen and i don't have any control Mm. and and it's kind of neat because like it's kind of helped with covid which is kind of funny because it was such an unknown time and i'm like you know what God's got it. Like, yeah. I feel like we walked through COVID with a lot less fear. Um, yes, there was a lot of fear, but I feel like it would have been more if I didn't learn that God's got it. We're, yeah. we're going to be okay. And and he's got it in control.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think for us, Teresa and I both, um, not only did it make our marriage stronger, mm-hmm. um, where sometimes it can foster care can drive a wedge uh, yeah. for us, it just we leaned on each other way more Mm -hmm. than we ever have before Um, because we were both like, you know, when, when Sammy went home, we were both hurting. And so we were there for each other, which was, which was really powerful. Um, But then too, for us, um, Molly, very similar to what you you just read uh, grace, I think, Mm -hmm. and grace for the bio family Mm -hmm. um, grace for the defects caseworkers and and them um, and the judge and like all that, like we just learned, you know, very similar to Jessica, like we don't have the control. We don't, you know, and we could live in fear yeah. or we can live like Jesus and live with grace and love and mercy yeah. towards these people. And just realizing that it could be us, yeah. like we could be on the other end of this if yeah. it wasn't for his grace and That's his right. forgiveness and his guidance in our life. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're not above this. right? And so for us, I think faith-wise, that was the biggest uh, just learning and strengthening of our faith.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm seeing too, kind of a theme between both of what what y'all have said, just a new level of trust, trust trusting God, like you have to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and, and, it's more than what you can do in your own strength and and taking that trust in God and seeing him work and the evidence of his faithfulness throughout all these stories yeah. is really powerful.
3: And you don't have to have that faith at the beginning. Yeah. Like, so yeah. no, like with you guys listening, like, you don't have to be like, oh, well, I don't have that kind of like trust yet. No, you'll, nobody you'll learn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, You don't, right? Wow. Like nobody has it going in until you face it. You don't really know what yeah. it feels like and so it's something like if you want to learn how to trust god more be a foster parent it's
2: <laughs> okay, really funny that you say that because i think if you I know a lot of people have always prayed for patience. If you want patience to become a foster, yeah. parent, that, <laughs> yeah. that will teach patience. All the fruit of the you Spirit. Know,
0: as that a <laughs> it's The Bible says, "Without faith, it is impossible to please God." And a lot of times, we're kind of waiting for that, you know, that thing to happen—that patience that to come moment. in a nice, right. happy little package—or mm. that more, more faith. And it's like the faith comes in the doing, yep. you know, yeah. in, and and in being obedient. Right. So right. that's really great. I love it. So Molly, you Mm -hmm. tell us, what would you tell someone who is maybe thinking about becoming a foster parent, but has some fear or some doubt? What would you say to them?
4: Yeah, I think um, ultimately just take the next step, whatever that next step is. So um, there's a reason God's stirring your heart for foster care. Um, it may not be to be a full-fledged foster parent, just like you said, you mm-hmm. know there's respite, um, there's ways to support foster families um, to come around them. Not everybody's made to be a foster parent and that's okay.
0: yeah
4: um, there's there's plenty of room in the system to to support foster families. Um, but if you take the next step, god's not i don't i don't believe he's going to show you the whole path like yeah. that's what we want is just show me how to get from a to z and yep. show me every single step along the way um but for us we just took the next step okay so You know, what's the next step? We had to go to an orientation night. So we went to orientation. We went through Uniting Hope for Children Mm -hmm. and went to an orientation meeting. And then the next step was impact classes. So then we went to impact. So we just, you know, took each step along the way. Um, and trusted in God's timing in that. So you don't have to go in. I think, Jessica, you said that, you know, you don't have to— nobody's going to force you to become a foster (laughs) parent if you go to an orientation. Just learn a little bit more, Um, and God can work through that. And that's—I have a friend who just went through this process, you know, started Impact, did all of that, and then decided at the end of it, this is not—this isn't where we fit in to Mm -hmm. this system. And that was fine, you know, but— unless you take that step, you won't know. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So God, God led them in a different direction and it's a beautiful direction. Um, but I think just take the next step and just yeah. trust God with, with that, w- that next step, not with two years from now or how you're going to have enough for court date, all that stuff. Just what, what's he asking you to do next and just do that.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's you guys great. have
4: anything to add to that?
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So I'll be honest with you. Um, I know a lot of people do these things through defects, um, and I think that's a great, great thing. Uh, I'm going to tell you, though, an agency, if you can go through, especially a biblical agency, we go through families for families.
3: And you're UH4C. Yes. And I'm
2: telling you, hands down, we have date nights monthly. We have mom's nights monthly. We have dad's nights monthly. Yeah. Um, and, and we we play cornhole after dad's <laughs> nights. I mean, we, we, we've had some court issues before and they step in and they help out and they take care of the the headaches that we don't really um know how to, know how to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is by far if I if anyone ever asked me, hey, if I'm about to be a foster parent, what should I do? Go through an agency.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Cuz if you're doing it on your own through DFACS, you're I mean, just respite alone for us. I mean, if we ask for respite, I mean, they can get it they can get it in a couple of weeks and we don't have to worry about Trying to search for families to do it, mm. they do it for us. It is, wow. yeah, the best thing that we could have done. Yeah, I think
3: getting connected is the biggest thing, yeah, yeah. whether it's yeah. with an agency, the church. Mm-hmm. Um, like we do the small group for foster families. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like a group that reads a book and we don't follow the services, it's just a place where foster families can get together and just kind of be like, I get it. You know, yeah. we can talk and really support each other, but like finding that support so that as you're making those steps, you know, you have somebody to talk to like, hey, this, you know, we were praying about this. Would you help us pray about it? Um, and don't just get stuck in the prayer phase. I know some people, a lot of times it's like, well, I'm praying about that. And, and you know, I once had, um a mentor of mine tell me one time, you don't have to pray about doing what God calls you to do. Mm. Um, So if God's putting it in your heart that you need to do something with foster care, you don't have to pray, well, God, do you want me to do something about foster care? (laughs) Maybe you need to pray about where in foster care do you want me, do you want me as a foster parent? Do you want me to be a respite home? Hey, you know, I don't even wanna be a respite home. I just wanna be a babysitter. Like for us, we have six kids. It is really hard to find a babysitter for six kids, you know? Um, So I'll be a babysitter (laughs) for foster families, you know? Um, Hey, I don't want to do that, but I love, love, love to cook. Mm -hmm. I want to be on a care team and I want to cook meals for a family. You know, I know, you know, maybe you hear through the church, one of the foster families just got a placement. Hey, I'm going to cook a meal. What do you like? um maybe you're the kind of person like i'm not really hands-on but hey my business does really great well you know maybe offer a gift card to the grocery store um these kids can eat um a lot of them have not eaten a lot ever Um, ours were severely malnourished when we got them and so they finally got food and it's like that's all they wanted so there's a million ways you know and just if you get connected with foster families and with a group or with church you have ways of being able to use the talents and gifts that God gave you to plug back into the foster community, and it doesn't have to be a foster parent.
2: Yeah, so, you know, so I think a lot of a lot of parents, they think, well, I have work. How am I going to take care of these kids? Um, you know, DFACS offers free child care, uh, daycare yeah. through CAPS, and mm-hmm. you don't ever have to worry about, hey, i got to quit my job or anything like that. Right? Um, I mean, the way COVID is now, you may be taking off a few more days of work, because you have to stay home because there's COVID outbreak, but right, um, but that's it. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's good. Um, I know from the church's standpoint, there's a lot of exciting things coming up yes. um, that I'm super excited about. Just as the community pastor and working with our community team. Um, So one of them is coming up actually this month. Uh, If anyone is interested in becoming a foster parent, knowing more about foster care, you're not committing, you're not signing up (laughs) on the dotted line, um, but you just want to know more information on Sunday, October 24th. Uh, At the 316 campus, we are having a foster awareness session. And so um, where you can come in and you can hear from other foster families, uh, foster agencies, and just kind of figure out what that next step might be for you in foster care. And then also, if we have any foster families listening... Um, You can also uh, participate in a foster fun night for your children. And so y'all in the room are the first ones hearing about this if you haven't heard about it. (laughs) Um, But it is going to be an awesome night on uh, Monday, November 2nd. November 2nd is going to be here at our 316 campus. um, And it's going to be an awesome night for the kids, for the foster and the bio children can come in, uh, watch movies, games, food, uh, just have a great time and give foster parents a little break for a few hours uh, that night. That's awesome. And so those are two big things we're coming up. And then also what Jessica was saying about the care. Yeah. Um, we are launching a new program here at the church where uh, it's actually through Promise 686. Uh, which is an amazing organization uh, that we support through Chosen for Life. And uh, we're starting up those care groups where maybe you don't want to be a foster family, but you want to be a care family where you, in essence, adopt a foster family in the church and provide a meal, provide child care, provide washing clothes or uh, cutting their grass. I mean, there's a hundred thousand different ways you can come alongside these families and support them. Uh, we're launching those in the very near future. And right. so that's another way you can get plugged in to serving.
2: We'll sign up for the uh, washing clothes if someone wants to wash our clothes. For us, <laughs>
4: okay. I love that. The prom- Promise 686. And, yes. and my husband and I were just recently having a conversation of how to, how to plug back in and into helping other foster families and um, you know, we had a great community around us that helped us with that. Um, but just foster families know what they need. You know, on court day, you do not want to cook dinner when you come home because mm-hmm. you're, you know, spent. And um, you know, the babysitting, the, all of that is, is so exciting to consider how the church can come around and very very, very intentionally yes. um and 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 know and exactly what that specific family needs yeah, yeah cuz yeah. it's really hard most people that go into foster care are helpers and mm-hmm. So they're not used to asking for help. Yeah. Um, but if you come around them and say, hey, we're going to help you, mm. um, <laughs> whether you like it or not, they'll like it. <laughs> yeah. But um, we won't say in, no, usually. You can't <laughs> say no. We're going to do this. Um, that, is, that is so beautiful um, because you, do, you need people to come and say, we are helping you. Yeah. And this is how we're going to do it. And I'm, I'm so excited about that. That's really cool. I love yeah. it. Well, and that's
0: our heart. That's the the heart of Bethlehem is, is with foster families. And so we are uh, so excited about all that stuff that's coming up, Joseph. And um, so the best way, if somebody's listening and they want to get involved, best way to get in contact with you?
1: Yes. So they can simply email me, joseph at bethlehemchurch.us. Uh, that's my personal email here at the church. And um, just tell me what you're interested in doing, and then I'll send you a link or the get you to the next steps on what you need to do uh, to really get plugged in.
0: Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time and for your wisdom and your heart. I, just the compassion and the, and the heart and the empathy that you guys have shared here today is just it's it's amazing. So thank you for your time and God bless your families. And uh, yeah, take care. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And thanks for listening again to Beyond Sunday. Uh, We hope that this episode has blessed you as much as it has blessed us. Uh, Thanks for listening and have a great week and we will see you next time.